This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're looking back on a memorable weekend for the Bates basketball teams. Both the women and the men won their games on Saturday, a day that saw the Bobcats celebrate the life and legacy of Billy Selman from the class of 2015. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. On Saturday, the women's basketball team defeated the University of New England 58-51, improving to 8-1 on the young season. Then the men's basketball team won an epic overtime game against Colby, prevailing 99-92 over the Mules. But on this day, the final scores weren't the most important thing for the Bates basketball family. It was a day to welcome back the family of the late Billy Selman from the class of 2015. Both teams wore number 23 Selman shirts before their respective games, and men's basketball head coach John Furbush presented Selman's family with framed jerseys in a pregame ceremony. Selman died unexpectedly from a sudden medical event in late January, but this weekend was one of celebration. The 2015 NCAA Sweet 16 team, which Selman captained, returned to Alumni Gym as well, and at halftime in the men's game, one of his teammates, Mike Bornazian, joined the web broadcast to share his memories of Billy. It means everything to be back. I mean, to be able to come out, honor Billy, to be able to see his family, honor his jersey, give him all the respect that he deserves, and be here with our family. Like, to have this team back together, it was the first Sweet 16 team in Bates history. It was such a great time, some of the best four years of my life, to be honest with you. And to come back and make sure it's all dedicated to Billy, like, that is truly, truly special. So that year was actually the year before I arrived at Bates, so I missed out on it. But uh, take us through some stories you remember from that season and maybe involving Billy specifically. We missed you, Aaron. I'm telling <laughs> you. I, w- <laughs> I wish you were there for it. I um, Listen, man, honestly, they were some of the best times of my life. I genuinely, there was one particular time, so many defining moments throughout that season, but one particular time I remember we were playing Tufts. And I remember Billy had gotten a steal, and this might be a little bit particular. I had missed a couple free throws, actually. (laughs) Billy got a steal to bail me out and then ended up rising up, taking off, and dunking on Tom Pileschi. And that was a defining moment. Tufts was a powerhouse in the NESCAC at that point, and it was something that ended up being not only one of our favorite photos to this day, shout out to Phyllis Graver Jensen, but then also we were able to obviously get that win, secure a spot in the tournament, and then move on. The rest was history. So... There was also another time, actually, where we were losing to Hamilton. Billy got a steal. Again, another missed free throw. I get cheese. I got to work on my free throws. Another missed free throw of mine. Billy got the steal, got the and one layup, ended up sealing the victory for us. And ultimately, that led to St. Vincent, Stockton, and oh, my gosh, man. I can't say enough good things about Billy. I, I could talk all day about stories for him, but he was such a big part of that team. We wouldn't have gone there without him. And what about him off the court? What was it like off the court? Off the court, he was one of the best friends I've ever had. I mean, 
that was somebody who, he was from Atlanta, so Billy used to regularly frequent New England trips. He would come to Boston, he would come to Connecticut. Um, we have several, several <laughs> fun memories of stories I'll tell at a later date. Sure. But uh, <laughs> things of him coming to New Haven with us. Um, we went out, I used to formerly work for the radio station, which was an internship I had during college, and Bill used to come help me out with that. So for all of the memories we had on the court, like there was so many times that we had off that, my gosh, that'll be my brother forever, for life. And he was a captain for that team, so what kind of leader was he? I mean, what kind of leadership did he provide? You know, Billy was the best leader I could have asked for. I mean, to be able to show up every day and have your best friend be the person to tell you what you have to do and to be able to say, like, whatever. Like, we were able to put our full trust into Bill. And if he said, okay, guys, we got to go hard today, guys, we got to focus on defense, whatever it was that he said, we took that word as gospel and we went with it. So it was... Not only was he a fantastic person, but he was one of the best captains we could ever ask for. And then after that season, after you graduated the following year, I mean, how were you able to keep you keep in touch with a lot of the guys from that year's team? We were. We, yeah. we still remain in touch, actually. Yeah. We have a very close group chat. All the guys stay close. I mean, we know that we were able to break down barriers that not everybody was able to do while they were here at Bates, and we take that very seriously. We have so much pride in that. And... Everybody is so involved with each other's lives, whether it be professionally, whether it be guys are having kids now, getting married, it's, it's really cool to watch. So it really is a testament to how that NESCAC brotherhood lasts beyond those four years and on into life. And what's it been like up there in the Thompson Room with, uh, catching up with everyone in person? The energy in the Thompson Room is immaculate right now. <laughs> Everybody is together. We're having a great time. We're over here cheering on our brothers, trying to help them pull through a win through Kobe. And you know what? We're going to bring even more energy in the second half, and I have a feeling that we're going to pull out this win. Right, I'll let you go after one more. Just any other thoughts you want to share about Billy we haven't gone and talked about yet? You know, I just want to say that Billy is incredible. I want to give a special shout-out to his father, his mother, his wife, Hillary. Billy, his daughter, they are a special, amazing family. It is such a tight-knit Bates community. Everyone is so awesome, and I just, Billy is with us so strongly. I can feel his presence in this room, and we're going to pull through to a W. He is one of the most special people I ever met in my life, and I'm just sending ultimate love to him and his family. Bernazian's prediction of a comeback victory proved to be on point as the Bobcats rallied from 10 points down to win it in overtime. First-year Mark Bejan II turned in a performance for the ages. 38 points, 22 in the second half. You can find the complete highlights on our YouTube page, but it was something to behold. He was named the main player and rookie of the week, and Mark Bajan II is our male Bobcat of the week. Give us an idea about your background a little bit. Grew up in California. How did you first get into the sport of basketball? Yeah, um, I'd say my grandpa really had me playing basketball when I was young. Um, I used to play on the little tyke hoop in my room, and we'd be watching like Disney Channel scooby-doo random things and at commercials or whatever he just had me doing like <laughs> random things on the little hoop like I used to watch a lot of Kevin Durant highlights and then just try and do stuff like that so I don't know I just always really liked seeing other players play and I wanted to kind of emulate what they did and then eventually kind of started doing my own thing so was Durant your favorite player growing up oh yeah 100% I loved him I loved him what about him makes him your favorite player I don't know uh he just had a really smooth game he uh yeah, he was just a really cool dude. I don't know. I always, like for Christmas one year, I told my parents I wanted to meet him. 
It was just a lot of, I loved Kevin Durant back in the day. Had all his jerseys. Excellent. And so you ended up going to Brewster Academy for a year before coming to Bates. Uh, what was that experience like coming out to New Hampshire after growing up in California? Uh, a little bit different environment, I imagine, right? Oh, yeah. Everything was different. Like, the basketball was so different. The people were so different. But I tell my parents all the time, it was kind of like, it was one of the best, like, years of my life, just learning how to be on my own because it's a boarding school. So kind of learning how to do my own thing. And then the basketball was just such a high level, and it was, like, such great competition every single day. So it was really cool to kind of play with high-level guys and learn what they did on a daily basis. And then, yeah, the people there, some of the best people I've met in my life. Like, I still talk to them to this day. So overall, like, that whole year was just a really cool experience for me because I was in San Diego my whole life. So it was a really new and fun experience. Saw snow for the first time, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very different. <laughs> woke up one morning, and there was snow all over the place, and it was cold. But I got through it, I guess. <laughs> and then, um, obviously, when you're in the Northeast, but what made Bates kind of the place for you for college when you're looking at your different options? Yeah, I went on a visit my senior year of high school, and uh, I just loved it when I came. Like, I went to a couple of different D3 schools in the area, and, like, after I left, I told my dad Bates was just definitely the number one school. Like, for Coach Furbush just gave me a great visit. He was, like, really welcoming, kept it real with me. And then he just, you know, he told me I'd have an opportunity to play, but... He told me I'd have to earn it and, like, just kind of the honesty he had with me. And through the whole recruiting process, it was like Bates was kind of the obvious choice for me. And then um, you mentioned that your parents did not play basketball. No, nah, they did not. When you started being pretty, you know, pretty good at basketball, what's kind of their reaction seeing that? Um, they're just really supportive. Like, I don't know if they really jumped on the whole, like, basketball train necessarily. They just knew that I loved it and they wanted to push me to be my best. And, like, my mom, she doesn't care if I have zero points. 20 points, whatever I do, she just wants me to have fun. And then my dad knows how much I love it, love it. So he just, he's always rebounding for me. He's always taking me to work out in the mornings. Like, he does so much for me. So they're just really supportive of anything I really want to do. It doesn't really matter, basketball or not. Well, you said zero or 20. Well, what about 38 <laughs> against uh, Colby? Um, I mean, have you ever been in the zone like that in a game before? Um, not quite like that, you know. I was really feeling it. It was, a lot of things were going well. So I'd say that was definitely a, one of the, Best games, probably the best game I've had. And it was really cool to have it on, like, the night that I did have it. So Certainly, um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But, I mean, I noticed you also knocking down a number of mid-range jumpers, which, honestly, mid-range jumpers are kind of something that you don't see a whole lot anymore in basketball. Yeah. Um, but you were able to knock those down. Do you work on that a lot? Oh, yeah, that's, like, my go-to. I love yeah. watching, like, Devin Booker, Cam Thomas. Those are my favorite players, and they really shoot the mid-range. And I feel like that's definitely the strongest part of my game. I, I love getting to the mid-range, so that's kind of – Something I really focus on, really try to get better at. And then you had that three, the end of regulation. I was just going to, I mean, the court was going to be stormed if you made that. <laughs> uh, when you released it, did you think it was going in or you're like, oh, we're going to overtime? <laughs> uh, nah, I was like, we're going to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really cool if it went in, but yeah, nah, fortunately it didn't happen like that. Then what was it like to see your um, teammate and fellow classmate, Jalen Jackson, knock down that big shot to give you guys a lead in overtime? How have you been working with these, you know, first years, Jalen being another guard like yourself? Yeah, it's been great. Like uh, Jalen, Babakar, Cole. Uh, ben, like, all those guys, especially, like, in that moment, Jalen, like, I got so much trust in him in practice. He's making every three he shoots, so I knew he was going to knock that down when I passed it to him. And then playing with guys like Babacar, too, like, he's from California. We have a really close relationship, but he's, uh, like, he's just a really good player, and he holds me accountable. I hold him accountable, so I kind of have a good relationship with the freshmen, and it kind of carries over onto the court. Now, California, obviously, being a huge state, did you know Bob Carr at all growing up? Or uh, It's funny. We actually had some mutual friends. Like, oh. I met uh, 
this kid Kai at Brewster Academy, and uh, they actually are both from Santa Barbara. They played against each other. They're pretty good friends. So we have some mutual connections, but I didn't know him right. when I was there. You mentioned, you know, the night, you know, it was a big crowd. We, were, we honored, you know, Bates alum Billy Selman um, before the game. And you, you mentioned we interviewed right after the game live on air, but you mentioned Graham Stafford talking to you a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about that conversation with, you know, one of Billy's former teammates. Yeah, uh, Coach Graham, he's my guy. And uh, he's always telling me kind of before the game, he's big on like the X's and O's, kind of what I'm going to do when I get out there and making sure I see things on the court. But before this game, I talked to him and I was like, what are you seeing out there? Like I asked him about Billy Selman and he, I could tell he was a little emotional, and it was kind of cool to see that side of him, and he was kind of just telling me, just go out there and have fun. Like, it was such a big night for the program, and um, the important part wasn't necessarily the X's and O's. It was just kind of going out there and obviously getting the win, but also just enjoying basketball. So that was kind of his advice to me before the game. Moving forward now this year, you have a little bit of time between your next between now and your next game. What are some thoughts on, you know, you know, entering 2024 strong for the team? What are some goals you have for yourself and for the team in general, kind of you've been talking about? Yeah, you know, we got off to kind of a, I wouldn't say a rough start, but obviously our record doesn't kind of show what I think we're capable of. And I think we're all kind of starting to get on the same page about uh, what we're doing offensively, defensively, all that. And so hopefully that can kind of spark a winning streak for us. And I'd say for us, we just want to go into league play with like some strong games and then obviously do well in league. But right now we're just kind of taking it practice by practice, day by day. And We've been getting better every single day. Every single practice, we get better and better. So, Well, I saw you were tied with Emory at halftime, and they're yeah. like ranked 16th in the country. Yeah. And so the ability to close out a game really was on display against Kobe. I mean, how, how satisfying was that for the team to be able to close out a game so strong? You shot over 50%, over 60% even in the second half. Yeah, yeah, that was huge for us because, yeah. like you said, second half we kind of struggled sometimes. And uh, we were down, what, 10 at halftime against Kobe. Right. And then we were kind of down throughout the second half. So... Like, I feel like when we're in the game, we can always win it, and it's just a matter of keeping ourselves in the game, and we did that against Colby, and hopefully we can continue to do that and maybe get some larger leads so we don't have to keep it that close. And then, um, you know, academically, tell me about the transition to college. Academically, I feel like I did pretty well so far, and, I mean, you have all the support you need here, so. Have you talked to some of the other players about, you know, tips and tricks, uh, you know, balancing the two things? Yeah, yeah, they all have their own little secrets, but I feel like it's just kind of a, person by person thing like I work very differently than some people but they all have kind of like they'll tell me what classes to take what classes not to take sometimes so they're really helpful whatever I need excellent well any other thoughts you want to share about this game against Colby because like I mean you know you mentioned it's like nothing you've had before but any other thoughts you want to mention we haven't got to talk about yet uh yeah I mean it just felt like such a big game for our program like I said um obviously we're honoring Billy Selman and then we're playing rival Colby, and it's in finals week right before break. And we kind of like really, before the game, we really knew we needed a win. And so even though like on the box score it just shows one win, like that win kind of signifies so much more for us. And uh, Coach Furbish even texted me after the game, and he's like, we really needed that one. And like uh, like everybody just felt so good after that, you know what I mean? Definitely a must-win game. and. Yeah, it just felt really, really good to win that one. Absolutely, yeah. Very satisfying victory in overtime over Kobe. My voice is still recovering from that one. Uh, <laughs> Mark, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Sophomore Elsa Delario turned in her highest scoring game yet as a Bobcat in the women's basketball team's 55-54 win over Kobe on Wednesday. She poured in 20 points in the win and is currently averaging 10.2 points per game and a team leading six rebounds per game for the 8-1 Bobcats. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week.
Well, Elsa, I mean, a career-high 20 points for you there at Colby in a, in a one-point win. What was really clicking for you out there on the court in that game in particular? Part of it was that I had some size on a lot of the Colby girls, but I guess right in the beginning in the first quarter, I hit a couple shots, and I don't know, my confidence just was getting up there, and um, just I think a lot of our shots weren't falling. We were taking really good shots, but... Um, that kind of gave me the opportunity to, you know, get some post touches and go to work in the paint. So, yeah, it's just working for me. And take us through your game-winning shot. Um, it was a you went into the lane, you kind of a hook shot a little bit. Have you been working mm. on that move a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I actually really like that move, like <laughs> in practice and stuff. But um, we were running this play just where uh, one of the guards just sets a down screen for me and. Um, I honestly wasn't really like looking to shoot at that much, but then I don't know. I just saw an opportunity, and uh, it just went in, and um, it was a good pass. So um, yeah, it was just the right moment, I guess. And you all were up on Kobe for most of the game, and yeah. they came back and actually took a brief lead before mm-hmm. you hit that game-winning shot. So what was the message, kind of, for the team to be able to finish the game and close them out like that? Yeah, um, we did have some trouble with like scoring droughts I think we didn't really score that much in the fourth quarter like that last shot that I had was um like one of the only shots we've taken in the fourth quarter I guess but um I I think there was like one minute left and they had gotten up on us and we knew that we had been working so hard that whole game and that was the mindset that we just needed to finish that out strong especially with our defense too in that last play (laughs) Oh, right. The ball rolled around the rim. What was your view yes. of that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It still haunts me. <laughs> like, we we watched that play over so many times. Um, yeah, we were trying to switch that because that um, number 13, that guard, like, she was getting those drives all day. Um, but I think part of it was just keeping her out of the paint, which was really good. And it hit all the, <laughs> the right spots in the rim, but just didn't fall. So, and Aero's got that rebound, couldn't have hugged the ball right? without her. Yeah, yeah <laughs> hugged it. And I'm curious, when something like that happens, is it, is it almost slow motion? Oh, my, I think I blacked out, yeah. honestly. Like, it's a little bit slow motion, but at the same time, oh, my God. It was just, it was a crazy way to end the game, but... Um, glad our defense pulled through in that last play well speaking of defense i mean it's been a swarming defense this year you pressure the ball up and down the court from a post player's perspective what's that like playing such a high tempo it's i mean i kind of just stand in the back and (laughs) (laughs) um i have just more like a talking role but um it's great i mean the guards they they go hard we work on that so much in practice um both of our presses so um, and is really part of our identity this year to just be a full-court team for 40 minutes, and I think we've been doing a pretty good job with that. I think, year. Yeah, and I think Allison mentioned that, you know, you and Danielle Adams, being yes. the two post players, really go hard in oh, practice. Yeah. yeah, what's that battle like with your classmate? <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, I mean, Danny and I, we have totally different game. She, her jumper and my, uh, I'm more like low post, obviously, but... Um, yeah, we just go at it all practice. It's, I think it's super special. We just push each other so hard. And then in, in games, it translates really well. And I think it's tough. Like, Danny and I are, are the only two posts, but 
like switching that game up and like how the defense responds because our game is so different. So, when I'm curious, uh, you had no fouls against Colby, but then against uh, you, you yeah. knew you had some foul trouble, but you were able to come back in late and not foul out. Yeah. How do you do that in terms of like focusing on not fouling but still you know playing your tough defense? Yeah, I mean it's kind of been a focus for me throughout this season because I, I think I started a couple games in foul trouble and I mean they had some big girls on that team and I started out with foul trouble but at the end just really trying to stay straight up the whole time and um, I mean I know I can bother them still with my length so I mean that's all I had to do was just stay straight up just using my length to bother them. Yeah, you're able to block a lot of shots without really having to jump that much either, mm-hmm. right? You can yeah. stick your arm up in the air and, and block. What's that like, you know, being the tallest player on the court most games? I guess it's really good for me. It brings my confidence up, mm-hmm. um, especially in in defense. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you take pride in, in blocking a lot of yeah. shots, right? Yeah. yeah, and sometimes I try to block too many shots, and I feel like that's where I get some of my fouls. I get, I get carried away, but... <laughs> Yeah. Gotcha. Now the team gets to go to Florida here uh, before um, Christmas even. Yeah, um, so, super excited. Yeah, play some teams, you know, you're not necessarily have seen before or anything. Mm-hmm. So what are, you, what are you most excited about this Florida trip to uh, test yourself against these two schools that really we don't know much about, right? Yeah, I think one of the teams we're playing is maybe like top 25 mm-hmm. in the country or something like that. So um, really good challenge for us. Um, just really excited to get some more games in and see some different teams, and just keep playing our game. I know, last year you were supposed to go to Puerto Rico, and there was like that airline, oh <laughs> Southwest Airlines kind of <laughs> sat up. So how excited are you to go someplace warm this year instead of upstate New York? So excited. Yeah, <laughs> last year, that was tough. <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, just in terms of like goals the team has you know, going mm-hmm. forward, kind of, because you're off to an eight and one start. Yeah. But, you know, you know NESCAC play is kind of the all end all sort of, right? Right, yeah. I mean... What's really special about our team is we set certain goals in, in the beginning of the season and every single day we're um, working to achieve those and um, it's just really special to be a part of. So um, we have those, we have a big poster in our room of our um, our goals. Well, Sarah Hughes was talking about like check marks and stuff. Yeah, off. yeah. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, so we have, like we started our season off with just like check marks of each game, each opponent. So just one game at a time, really working on focusing on that game itself. And um, one of our goals is just like to be the best in Maine. And Hmm. I mean, we had a tough loss against Bowdoin, but still, you know, um, during Nescax, like just keep working at that goal. Well, and you get another chance at Bowdoin. Yeah. And that's it and yeah. on your home court this time. I, uh, yeah, super excited about that. T- describe the home court advantage for Alumni Gym because I really feel like it's a real thing. Oh, it's it's such a real thing. Um, I love it so much. One of my favorite things about Bates, just um, the gym is so, like, small and intimate and um, our fans are great and, like, when we have a big crowd, it just feels like everybody's on top of you and, it's, it gets so loud, which, like, a lot of other gyms just don't have, like, I don't know. Like, Colby, it was just pretty empty, yeah. and we we really had to bring the energy up there. And so alumni is just really special for that. Excellent. And then, you know, you being a sophomore now, last year you, you were kind of 
thrown into the fire a little bit because Bree was going to be, yeah. know, she got injured. And so it mm-hmm. was you as a, basically the starter all season. And so how did that prepare you for this season, kind of, you know, having a full year of college basketball under your belt? It prepared me a lot. Um, I mean, last year as a freshman, I was pretty nervous going into it. But I think um, just throughout the season, it really raised my confidence. And I don't think last year I was trying to, score so much but like this year I think that's one of my focuses since I feel a lot more confident in my offensive game so I'm curious about obviously um your mom Adrian Scheibels is a well-known uh figure around Bates you know a thousand point scorer here at Bates although she'll say she was more of a defensive player (laughs) yeah she Uh, will so what what are you what are your talks with her like kind of about you know her experience playing here compared to you know what it is like now sort of yeah I mean I feel like it's the same type of vibe, like our mm. both of our teams were super similar in like our goals and everything. And I mean, she gives me pointers, obviously. Like she does say that she was more defensively involved with her rebounds and everything. So it's been super special to have her come to a lot of my games, which she usually doesn't really get to because she's coaching. But um, so that's been super nice. And just having her um, watching and giving me all of her advice. So it's been really good. Great. And then what's it like, you know, continuing kind of the, you know, a Bates legacy, if you will, like through the generations sort of? I mean, it's kind of crazy, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. But um, just super special to be a part of this team again. Like, this year, our vibe is just so good. I love the team, and um, it's just so special to be a part of. And, yeah, I guess that's a pretty good legacy to be with. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on this past week, a two-in-one week for Bates, finishing strong there with a win Mm -hmm. over UNE? Yeah, just super proud of this team so far and really excited to get into some more NESCAC play because – I'm just super excited to see where we go. I think we're going to be really good this year. All right, sounds good. Bobcats are in action in Florida later this month, about a little over a week from now. And you can find the links to watch live and follow the stats at GoBatesBobcats.com. We'll see him back at Alumni Gym in January. Elsa Delario, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The track and field teams competed at the Joe Donahue Games, hosted by Northeastern University at the track at New Balance in Boston on Friday. A number of Bobcats turned in impressive performances, and you can find the complete recaps at GoBatesBobcats.com. Senior Walter Johem Del Pollo moved into ninth on the Bates all-time performance list in the 60-meter hurdles, taking third place in a field of seven with a time of 8.90 seconds, trailing two runners from Division I Northeastern. Well, Walter, first time on the Bobcast, so just take us through kind of growing up. Uh, how did you first get into the sport of track and field, and then what eventually led you to Bates? So my dad was actually a hurdler throughout high school as well in Massachusetts, and I guess that's kind of what got me into it. I'd always wanted to do track, and hurdling seemed like the right thing to do because of you know the family lineage, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, I started doing it in middle school over, like, I think it was probably like 33-inch hurdles. Uh and then throughout high school, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, I, when I was thinking of applying to colleges, I, I reached out to Coach Johnston and Coach Fresh at the time mm-hmm. uh, about wanting to join the team. And, yeah, things things worked out from there. So, luckily, that was good. Excellent. And then um, take us through the meet there on Saturday, the Joe Donahue Games and 60-meter hurdles for you. Big performance. Uh, moving to the top ten list in Vates history. How does that feel? 
It's good. Yeah, I was I was very happy with the performance, um, especially so early in the season too. I will say for the top ten list, we've got a good group of young hurdlers. Sure. So yeah. It's gonna be. I'm, I'm thinking there's gonna be a lot of movement on that list in the next few years to come. So that should be exciting. Um, but yeah, it was a good race. Uh, I was happy with it. It felt like it's good to start off with a PR this early in the season. So. Yeah, and hurdles to me are interesting. I mean, they're they're very high, and you 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 don't have much time. You got you can't make any mistakes whatsoever really i mean uh how how do you learn to do that kind of because it's i feel like it's just such a tricky event because like it's 60 meters and you have these very tall hurdles you're dealing with yeah it is there's there's not much room for error but i i do think uh part of it is just knowing that there's going to be you're probably going to catch one of the hurdles at some point Mm. you're going to make a little mistake and you just got to know to keep racing forward through that and just be as efficient as you can over them and just stay locked in throughout the race and not let little things get to you. Right. So if you if you feel your foot brush the hurdle, does you, the key is not to let it throw you off. Right. right yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's gonna happen. I mean, it's always a loud race when it's going because people are always hitting them. You know, when the sixty hurdles is happening. Certainly. And then, um, I mean, you know, as a sprinter, you get the chance also to watch some of your teammates compete. What was that experience like there on Saturday as a senior? Also, it was good. It was exciting. I mean, we've got a lot of new faces on the team. And we had a lot of really solid performances from a lot of guys. Um, and it was really fun to watch everyone get started. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're all going to do throughout the season. And the track at New Balance is a very new facility. I know. I think it opened last year. So, I mean, what's it like competing there? It's cool. It's yeah. cool. It's it's really cool in there. Uh, it feels very official, <laughs> which is nice. Right. Um, but, yeah, I love that facility. How have you seen yourself kind of grow as a sprinter from your first year at Bates where there really wasn't much of a season um, to now? Uh, yeah. Um, it's been a long process. Yeah. Uh, it was tough not having, like, a real season the first year. But, I mean, Coach Johnson and Coach Art have been great throughout the whole time. Uh, all of my teammates have always been great supporting me and working hard. and It's been an exciting team to be a part of. Uh, the biggest thing has been – you know, adjusting from the 39-inch hurdles from high school to the 42-inch ones for mm. college. So that's been something that a lot of the focus has been. But it's starting to feel like there's some real breakthroughs being made there, so that's exciting. Yeah, so you said you started in middle school on 33. Yeah. And 39 something. high school and 42, so those extra three inches is probably a big difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, I mean, it's you can't really get away with as many mistakes over the 42s yeah. as you could in high school. So through the process, I think it's making – be a far more efficient hurdler overall, so that's been exciting. You're also part of a relay, four by four hundred, right? So take us through that race and what's it like working, you know, within a relay context as opposed to these individual events. Yeah, I love working in a relay context. It's always fun uh, to get to run with your teammates, and it's always a lot more exciting. It feels like there's a lot more pressure, but that's usually good. Uh, and yeah, we had two two four by four relays there, um, and yeah, we've got a lot of really solid four hundred runners. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see how that's going to shape out. I think uh, we've got a lot of guys who could run some really fast times there, and I think that relay is going to whatever the the kind of final four shapes out to be is going to be a really exciting one to watch. It seems like you know with Curtis Johnson being the head coach now, a guy who has a sprinting background himself, it seems like sprinters are have, kind of having a moment here at Bates. We saw last year the 60 meter dash record just kept falling each week. It seemed like what's that like to have the sprinters front and center so far? <laughs> yeah, it's been exciting. It's been it's been special to be a part of. I do think this is a sprinting team that every year I think is just going to keep getting better for some time. And I think that says a lot about Coach Johnson. It says a lot about the guys on the team. And yeah. 
Great. And so what are maybe some goals you have in your mind you know, heading to January? Because that was like, you know, a great way to start the season, right? But now you know, the meat of the year is still coming up in, in 2024, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to keep working that time down. Yeah. You know, just keep PRing, keep improving, um, keep supporting the team, and see where it all takes us. Right, because in a 60-meter race, I mean, it's such like – I mean, can you feel like if you're like in the middle of the race, it's so short, but can you feel like, you, oh, this is a breakthrough, or do you have to wait to see the time to see if you really achieved anything that you wanted? Uh, I think it's a lot easier to tell if you had a really bad race. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can tell that, yeah. You might fall or something. Right, but, right. Uh, but um, no, I mean, uh, I think it's always there's always waiting at the end of the race, yeah. waiting for the time to see to see. I mean, I felt like it was a good race. I wasn't sure how good it was or if it would be a PR, but yeah, once the time goes up, you know. I know this, looking forward again, I know we have the Maine State meet. Um, what's that experience like competing against other teams in Maine? Because that's coming up in, I think, February, early February, I think, right? Yeah, that's always an exciting one. Yeah. Um, especially in the hurdles. There's a lot of good hurdlers mm. in Maine, so that'll be a fun competitive race. Uh so, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Do you think the hurdles are going to be kind of your focus this year or a relay perhaps as well? Or I think so, yeah. yeah. I think both of those. I'm looking forward to you. Is yeah. it kind of up to the coaches sort of? A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely the hurdles though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who are some of the other hurdlers on Bates that we should know about? We've got a bunch of freshmen actually right. coming in this year. Uh, so we got Seneca Moore who mm-hmm. hasn't raced yet, but I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Very fast. Uh, we got Eli Terrell, who raced with me. Mm-hmm. Joe he had a great opener. Um, and then we've got some other guys. Uh, we got uh, Mason Spivey, mm-hmm. who's also a high jumper. Um, and we got Owen Fitzpatrick, who is going to get in the hurdle soon. And we got Carson Mullering as well, who's a multi. But right. he's been working really hard in the hurdles, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year, too, in that event specifically. Great. So lots of stuff to look forward to. Just in our thoughts on the Joe Donahue games and how they went for a season opener for you? Yeah, I think it went well. I mean, I think it went well for the whole team. It was exciting. You know, we got to go up against a lot of Division One competition, right? Which was cool to have that opportunity and to you know see how we can go up against those guys. And I think everyone held their own pretty well. And I think yeah, it's this sprint team is good. Uh, same with the throws team as well. You know, they held it down as they always do. Right. So. It's going to be exciting. I was going to say, is it exciting? Is it exciting? Nervous, nerve-wracking to line up next to like someone from Harvard? <laughs> definitely, definitely yeah. a little bit. I mean, but it's it's exciting. It's mostly exciting. Yeah, because you, know, you don't get a chance to race guys that fast all the time. So it's good to sort of put it into perspective and be like, okay, and yeah, this is what I, this is where I want to get to. You know? Absolutely. Well, Walter, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Congrats again on a great performance there at 60-meter hurdles. Top 10 all-time at Bates. That list continues to move around a little bit uh, here in recent years. Thanks again. Thank you, Aaron. A sprinter for the women's team also cracked a Bates top 10 all-time performance list. First year, Emily Kane impressed in her collegiate debut, taking 10th place out of 26 runners in the 60-meter dash in 8.20 seconds. That time is good for 10th all-time at Bates. Well, Emily, I mean, first of all, you know, your first year of collegiate track, uh, your first meet, in fact, this past weekend there at um, the Joe Donahue Games. Tell me about your first experience of a collegiate track meet and how it went from your perspective. It was really exciting, especially being my first college track meet. It's definitely something I've been looking forward to for so many months now. But I was pretty nervous for my first race. But, yeah, I just trusted the process. I know I put in the work in the fall and um, just wanted to – see what I had so 
Tell me a little about you know being a sprinter. When did you start doing that kind of growing up? When was when you when did you become involved with track and field competitively? Yeah, I did a little bit of track in middle school. It was like the only off school like sport that they offered during like the seasons. Um, so I just like tried it out and it went pretty well. I liked it, so I did it a little bit in high school. I ran um, indoor and outdoor track, but a lot of that got cut off because of COVID. So I really I had a little bit of freshman year. Um, running in high school, but mainly like senior year was the big year for me. And then what made Bates kind of place for you? I mean, because you're originally from Washington State, but you did go to high school here on the East Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to high school in Massachusetts, but I came up here for a visit um, to meet the team and Coach Johnson. And honestly, like the community was so amazing. I could definitely tell that people were super close and um, I love the atmosphere. So I was like, it's the place for me, and yeah. You know, it's interesting, um, you know, being from the West Coast originally, what made kind of the appeal of you know, going to boarding school on the East Coast kind of, for you, what, what made that appealing to make that trip out here? My sister, my older sister, went to a boarding school okay. um, in Indiana, so I kind of got to know the boarding school world, and I knew that was something I wanted to explore because I had heard so many, like positive um, experiences of people that went to boarding schools. Um, and it was just a really unique opportunity that I had. So I thought, why not take it? Um, yeah. Do you feel like it prepared you for the college experience now? For sure. Living away um, can be difficult, I know, for people. Um, and it still is sometimes, but it definitely prepared me, like becoming more independent and, like, you know, time management was a huge thing that it helped me with. Um, knowing how to balance my schoolwork and extracurriculars with not without having someone like constantly over you telling you what to do, where to be, when, um, that really helped um, with the transition to college. Great. Now the track team obviously here is a big team, um, lots of people to get to know. So how, how's that been going, you know, as a first year coming in, meeting all these people? Yeah, it's definitely overwhelming at first. <laughs> But the captains have done such a great job of getting the team together, making people feel super welcomed, um, and I think that has made a huge difference. And also, we just spend so much time together, seeing it, everyone at practice every day, um, traveling to meets and whatever. Um, so that has definitely helped. And you're a sprinter, as we mentioned, 60-meter dash. You're actually top 10 now all-time at Bates. You're right there at number 10 after your first uh, meet. So what, what does that feel like? Um, it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's for sure. Um, shocked myself a little when I saw that. But there's definitely some work still to be done, so I'm excited to see how the rest of the season unfolds. Are you working closely with Curtis then? Because I know he has a sprinting background, he, obviously being the head coach as well. Yeah, he is our main point of contact with all of our workouts and practices, for sure. So what are you working on with him kind of specifically to you know improve your sprinting? Because it's such, it's such a matter of like, it's it's so such a quick race. I mean, it's and so I'm sure there's lots of little things you're working on, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely a very quick race. Not a lot of time to work on things while you're running but right now working on that transition from you know just getting out of the blocks to getting into that dry phase and then getting upright and finishing the race strong um, because those transitions can be hard sometimes but they make a huge difference. So for indoor it's a 60 and then also you said you're racing the 200 and mm -hmm. so what do you kind of prefer there uh, a little longer race the 200 but? Uh, definitely the shorter yeah. stuff. <laughs> In high school I mostly only stuck to the short, very short stuff as much as I could because I liked it so much more. Um, the speed endurance can be tougher for me. It's definitely something I'm working on. Um, 
But, yeah, I'd have a lot more fun in the shorter stuff. I think for some kids when they come to Bates, indoor can be a new experience for them. They only had outdoor before. Did you do both? Yeah, I did yeah. both indoor and outdoor. But I know some of my teammates um, tell me stories about how they had practice in high school where they were just running down the hallways, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But we're really lucky to have great facilities here. And then, um, obviously, outdoor season's a ways away, but I imagine that'd be the 100-meter dash for you. Yeah. Is that a fun race as well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I still prefer the 60 because yeah. it's shorter, but working my way up. Yeah. So why why sprinting? I think for you, maybe I mean, compared to maybe other events, there's so many different events you could do with track and field. What makes sprinting kind of your favorite? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's mostly because that's just what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of long jumping in high school, mm. dabbled in that, um, and I have a lot of fun doing that as well. But yeah, sprinting just what I'm used to, what I've grown up doing. So. Excellent. So obviously we had a couple meets here before the new year, but the main part of the season starts in January. What are you most looking forward to uh, for your first collegiate season kind of when it really gets going after the new year? I'm really looking forward to spending more time with the team, like traveling. I had Mm. such a fun experience, just like not even with the racing part of it, but just traveling with everyone, talking people on the bus, like getting dinner, um, just those small things. And I think that can be a huge part of the whole experience. I'm looking forward to just doing those with the team, yeah. Great. I know the track at New Balance is a kind of a newer facility. I think it opened, like, last year or something. So Mm -hmm. what was that experience like competing there? It was super cool. Definitely a very phenomenal um, place to run. Um, I remember, like, walking in, and it's just like, wow, the lights are, like, so bright, and, like, it feels like everyone's going to be, like, staring at you. at the, in the center of the track, but super cool facility. Um, super grateful that I was able to get the chance to run there. And as a sprinter, I'm sure you, you get a chance to watch a lot of your teammates as well, right? Compete. What's that like? Yeah, it's super cool, um, especially this past meet. I mean, the freshmen in particular, it's so exciting watching them race because we have so much talent on the team this year. Um, and it's like I've been getting to know them over these past couple of months. Like we've all become super close friends. So seeing them actually compete and doing, you know, what they love and what they do best is um, a really exciting experience. And it was just so much fun in general. The Bobcast is taking the rest of the calendar year off, but we'll make our triumphant return in January when our winter sports pick back up. In the meantime, stick with GoBaitsBobcats.com for all the latest Bates athletics news. And we'll catch you next time on the Bates. Bobcast.